be in Colossians chapter 3. <clears throat> Colossians chapter 3, and we were just in the book of Galatians. I probably taught you this before, uh, but uh, sometimes um, uh, I, I've taught myself different uh, little weird mind tricks to memorize things. And uh, here's how I learn how to memorize Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, okay? And uh, sometimes if you go with acronyms, they help you. And so uh, it is the acronym G-E-P-C, all right? And here's how I remember that, all right? And th- th- again, this is just how my weird mind works, okay? G-E, General Electric, okay? G-E. PC, personal computer, all right? And so General Electric does not make personal computers, but that's how I remember it. So there you go, G-E-P-C. Uh, now you'll never forget it, right? All right, so all that to say, Colossians chapter 3, amen? Colossians chapter 3, and I do believe we're going to, and I will do so in a timely manner, but I think I'm going to cover two tonight because they go hand in hand, and they're both found in the same verse. And of course, we are talking about our Bible study on Thursday night is our relationship as Christians one to another. And when you uh, look at that through the Scripture, you find out that there's a lot of responsibilities we as Christians have one to another. By the way, it's hard work being a good Christian. Amen? It really is. And uh, But you know what? It, it's a work that's worth uh, living for. Amen? It's something that's worth being a part of. And uh, not to mention the fact, you know what? We don't have to do it on our own. God's there to help us. He's there to give us strength. That's why we got the Holy Spirit of God living in us. Amen? And so uh, let's, if you find your place, stand together tonight as we read this verse tonight. One verse, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. I think you'll pick it up pretty easy, the two things we're going to talk about, found within the first phrase of the verse. You ready? Here we go. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight. We thank you for it, God. Thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. Lord, gathered around your word, singing your praises around your people. Now, Lord, speak to us, we pray, as we open your word. God, I pray that you would help us, Holy Spirit of God. We need you tonight. We need you to be with us. We need you to teach us. We need you to open our minds of understanding as we open your word. And Lord, this is exactly what you'd have for us to do, Lord, to study your word, Lord, to figure out what it is you want for us to do, and what you don't want for us to do, God, and then apply it to our lives. So speak to us, we pray. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The first thing mentioned in verse 13 uh, is this uh, word, forbearing forbearing one another. And uh, it's also mentioned uh, in uh, uh, Ephesians. Let's flip over there real quick. You're just a couple books over. Uh, you'll get to put to practice your little acronym I taught you, all right? And uh, so uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 4, and uh, notice what we see here in verse 2. And it says this, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Now, there's other things mentioned there, uh, but we're going to just focus uh, for a few moments on this one, forbearing one another. Now, let me just kind of tell you uh, what that word forbearing is talking about, all right? Here, here's a simple person, uh, or a, a simple definition. It simply means this, uh, to put up with one another. That's what it means. To put up with one another. And uh, you know what I found out in life, folks, all right? Human beings sometimes can be hard to get along with, right? And by the way, you know what? You think everybody else is hard to get along with. Guess what? You're hard to get along with, right? I mean, come on, it's just human nature. 
And that's what makes this thing so amazing. I don't know how y'all think, but it's just amazing to me that God wants to have anything to do with this anyway because of how cantankerous we can be, how fickle we can be, and how just, you know, sometimes flat out just uh, 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 wicked we can be. But yet, you know what? God loves us anyway. Amen? Now, here's the thing, all right? And this is the great equalizer of the Christian life, if you want to say it that way, is that God, He treats us a certain way. Amen? And by the way, aren't we glad God treats us a certain way? Aren't you glad God shows us mercy and love and forgiveness and long-suffering and all the attributes of God? Now, here's the thing. Let me tell you why He does that. He does it because He's God. But you know why He also does it? So then we, in turn, can be like Him and do it to others. Amen? And listen, folks, come on now. What excuse do we really have? Because truth be told, nobody has done anything to you any worse. In fact, nobody's done anything close to as bad as what our sin did to Jesus Christ. And what God has to put up with by us being in His family. Amen? So we have no excuse for not treating other Christians properly. And by the way, not just other Christians, but people in general. Amen? Come on, we're Christians. We're different, all right? We're not like everybody else. Well, I just can't help it. I just, uh, you know, it's just who I am. Well, guess what? Change who you are. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Amen? And so forbearing one another. Now, uh, there's some reasons we ought to forbear one another. And, uh, in fact, if you eat, we look here back at verse 12. All right, let's back it up. Let's look at one verse. And notice what he says here. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God. Holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering. Now, we've talked before about uh, different things as Christians we're to put off. And uh, we're not going to go there tonight. That's a whole Bible study in and of itself. But the Bible tells us, in fact, if you back it up uh, uh, to a few more verses, uh, verse 8 of Colossians chapter 3, the Bible tells us to put off Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth, a lying, uh, the old man. I mean, listen, all the works of the flesh, we as Christians should be putting off those types of things. Amen? That's not what we're supposed to be, all right? But here's the thing. Once you put off, you know what God always wants us to do? Replace the bad with the good. All right, we sometimes uh, uh, will, uh, uh, you know, uh, th- think of it as like filling a void, all right? If you get rid of something bad, you better replace it with something good, because if you don't, the bad's going to come back, wor- uh, back, and not just back, back worse, amen? And so we got to put on these things. So we put off the, uh, the old, if you will, and then we're going to put on the things God would have for us to have on. And now, it, 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 because of we're putting on these things, uh, you know what? It, it, by the way, think about it for a minute. Back to verse 12. If you put on bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness and long-suffering, guess what you'll be able to do? Forbear one another. Because that's the attributes of Christ flowing through us toward other Christians. Amen? And again, it's to put up with. We are to suffer, uh, bear with one another. And uh, you know what? Uh, people have different uh, habits. People have different personalities, di- di- different dispositions, appearances, manners, words, characters. And you know what? If we're not careful, we let other people, who they are, by the way, who God made them, and by the way, I'm not talking about uh, this garbage going around, you know, people, you know, this uh, whole, uh, well, you know, uh, I, God made me a biological female, but I'm going to be a man, and that's just who I am, and you better accept that. We're not talking about that garbage, amen? I'm talking about just who we are in general as people, who uh, who God made us. Listen to me, uh, we are all unique, we're all different, we're all who God wants for us to be, Amen. 
And so you know what we got to learn to do? we got to learn to forbear, amen, put up with one another. And sometimes that can be difficult, but that's why, that's why uh, we got to do it through the help of the Holy Spirit of God. By the way, let me just say this, all right? A church is made up of people. All people are different. By the way, that's what makes the body of you Christ unique, amen? And that's why we have one thing that unifies us. And you know what that unifying factor is? It's the Spirit of God that lives inside of us, amen? And by the way, He's always consistent. He doesn't have to put off anything because He is God. Amen? And so with Him being the unifying factor, listen, we can unify around Him. We can unify around the Word of God and the truth of of the Word of God, and we can forbear one another. Amen? And do it in love and do it in kindness. Let's look at some verses on this tonight. Go to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Of course, Matthew chapter 7, uh, we, uh, last year, the year before, probably two years ago, we taught through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, which is the Sermon on the Mount. And uh, a lot of different things taught through here, so many powerful truths. Uh, but look here, if you will, at the first uh, few verses of Matthew chapter 7. And again, remember who this was taught to here, okay? Uh, this was taught to Jesus' disciples. A lot of times we think the Sermon on the Mount was taught to the multitudes, but according to Matthew chapter 5, verse 1, it was the disciples Jesus was teaching these things to. And notice what he says here, and I've talked to these before, so I'm not going to teach verse, through, uh, verse uh, by verse through them. I won't belabor it, but I just want to read the verses to you here. And again, think about this for a minute as we're thinking about this idea of forbearing or putting up with one another. Notice what he says Verse 1, judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you shall be judged. And with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you again. And why beholdest thou the mote that's in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that's in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye? Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye. Then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Give not that which is holy unto the dogs, neither cast ye pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. Now, a lot of truths are taught here, but the main truth is the fact that, you know what, if you're going to uh, want to help somebody else and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, as we talked before, uh, exhort somebody, all right, listen, you got to make sure that you're qualified to do so. so. Here's the example. Here's what Jesus said, all right? By the way, let me just, let me just, I will say this when I come here because this is the most out of t- uh, context verse in the whole Bible. Is Matthew seven one, Matthew chapter seven verse one. Anytime you want to, you know, uh, stand up for something that's right, or want to, you know, uh, uh, you know, point out something, or or make a, a, a call ba- based upon uh, someone's behavior, and you uh, choose not to associate with them, the first thing, well, you're not supposed to judge. That's what everybody says, but that's not that's not the teaching whatsoever. In fact, Jesus says this. All right. The reason you better be careful when you judge because you're going to be judged with the same measure that you're trying to judge somebody else with. And that's why he uses the example here is this. Listen, if you're trying to help someone get a splinter out of their eye, and that's basically uh, what the uh, the mode is, a splinter, you can't do that if you've got a two before stuck in yours. That's what he's saying. He said, if you want to help someone get a splinter out of their eye, you better make sure you ain't got a two before you know jam where you can't even see. Okay, he's, you know what he's talking about? Notice, and he says the verse, thou hypocrite. Okay, you want to, you know, talk to somebody about this or, you know, try to, you know, exhort somebody about this, but you're not even, you're doing worse than they are in an area, is what he's trying to say. Amen. And so, you know what, we've got to learn how to, uh, those relationships and forbearing and, and, and making sure 
that, you know what, if, we're go- if we are going to help somebody and try to lead someone the way they ought to go, listen, your life better back it up, amen? All right, you better make sure your spiritual life is, is what it ought to be. And, and, and again, folks, we're, we're not talking about, you know, the, the pharisaical thing going on here, okay? The scribes, the Pharisees, and walking around like they're something. We're talking about trying to help someone out of a heart of a love, amen? It'd be like this, okay? And, and by the way, that's why there's qualifications for a pastor, qualifications for a deacon. I mean, what right would I have to stand up here and preach to you and try to lead you to be the right husband and be the right wife and raise your kids right if I'd been divorced three times? What, what, I would have zero right to stand up here and do anything. That's why God says, if you have been divorced, you shouldn't hold the office of a pastor. And by the way, despite what liberal Christianity is trying to say, it does matter. It is a qualification, amen? And we follow the Bible around here, so we're going to follow the biblical qualifications for it. Amen? And that would be the same as a deacon. And uh, if, if, a, if a person's going to be a deacon, they've got to f- fulfill the biblical qualifications. By the way, there's not just one qualification. You go through there, there's a whole list of stuff. And that's why, you know what? Uh, I think the book of James says, be not many masters. Don't, I mean, listen, you know, you don't try to just assume a responsibility of leadership that they shall receive the greater damnation. As far as meaning, more more required of someone who is to teach and to lead. Amen? And so you better make sure that God's the one leading you in that, and we're not doing it for a sake of pride or, for a sake, or any other reason except God leading us to do so. But all that to say, you know what? If you're going to help someone with, with, with an error, you better make sure your life's what it ought to be. Amen? And that's the, the process of, of, of forbearing. Okay, let's go uh, to another passage here. We'll look at one more, then we're going to take the last few minutes and look at the other one here. Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15. Let's look here at verses 1 through 3. I like hearing that, by the way. I like hearing the pages turn in your Bible. And that's why it's important to to bring your Bible to church. Amen? And that's why it's called Midweek Prayer Meeting and Bible Study. We like to study the Bible. We like to move those pages. Romans chapter 15. Look here at verses 1 through 3. All right? And again, you see responsibilities here uh, toward one another. And this goes along with the thought of forbearing. Notice what it says in verse 1. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification, for even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. So again, what do we see here? We see um, the fact that uh, we have responsibilities and we are to, uh, we that are strong. By the way, God expects you to be strong in your faith. Amen. He doesn't expect us to be weak Christians. Okay, you know what the Bible says uh, that the Christian life is? It's a warfare. It's a fight. And if you're going to war a good warfare, by the way, as we're commanded to do, you got to be strong in the Lord. Amen? And there's nothing uh, arrogant or proud about being strong in your Christian faith. You ought to be strong in your Christian faith. Why? Why? Well, it tells us why. Ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Amen? Listen, you've got to be strong so you can help other people. That's why, listen, folks, Thursday night crowd, midweek crowd, okay, this is kind of the, you know, the, the core group of the church here. This is the cream of the crop. I mean, if you're here on midweek, it's because you want to be here. All odds are against you being here midweek. That's why this is the smallest crowd we have of the week. By the way, I'm not, I'm not, you know, other people need to grow in certain areas and understand sometimes work schedules and all that, okay? But all I'm saying is this, all right? This crowd right here ought to be the spiritually strong ones. 
And we ought to be growing in our faith. Why? So we can bear the infirmities of the weak. So we can help those that aren't spiritually mature enough where they need to be and help them be what they need to be. Amen? But here's the thing. If you're going to do that, you've got to have patience in doing it. You've got to have forbearance in doing it. Amen? One thing I've learned as a pastor is that I've got to have a lot of patience with people. Okay, people, all right, uh, and this is even true in, in everybody's life, but here's what I found out as a pastor. You know what? Uh, you know, people don't always do what you think they ought to do. And by the way, you know what? I don't know, probably always do what I'm supposed to do, what God thinks I ought to do. So I'm not just saying, you know, everybody doesn't do what the pastor thinks they ought to do. All I'm saying is this, all right? Listen, folks, it takes patience, it takes forbearance to lead people. Listen, pastors don't dictate or drive people. You know what pastors do? All right? We follow Christ. Amen? Set our face like a flint toward Christ, go a direction, and then inspire people to follow. Listen, nobody made you be here tonight. You chose to come, unless you're my kids. Amen? Then I made you be here. All right? But you know what? No one made you come. You're here because you want to be here. Amen? And you know what? That's, that's what we must do then when we're helping other people. We must come alongside and have forbearance with them, patience with them, and listen, inspire them to want to follow Christ. Amen? Well, I mean, listen, folks, come on. Our lives literally are a roadmap so other people can see and say, I want what they have. I like the fact that, you know what, they have a good loving family. I like the peace I see in their life. I like the happiness and contentment I see. I want some of that. By the way, you know what? If you'll just be half a Christian, the Bible tells you ought to be in this crazy, whacked out world we're living in, you'll still got like a sore thumb. I mean, you don't have to be some super Christian uh, to go out there and impact people. Listen, just love God, be sincere, walk with God, and you know what? People will see real quick you're different than them. You know why? Because this world's so dark. It doesn't take a whole lot of light to illuminate when everything's so dark, right? You ever been in a cave before? And I remember one time uh, as a kid, we took a tour of a cave, and the tour guide turned the, the, the light off. And back then, all it was were, you know, the 35-millimeter cameras, okay? And if you remember those things, like these little rectangles you carried around. And they had a flash, a light that indicated that the flash was going to work. And I remember as a kid, it still burns in my memory, we were in that cave, and there's just a little tiny green light on that camera, and it looked so bright. You know why? Because everything was pitch black. Let me tell you, if you'll be the Christian you, know, you ought to be, you will illuminate the darkness. Amen? And that's what we ought to be doing. So forbearing one another. Now, let's get to the other one here. Back to Colossians chapter 3. Let's go back there. And let's look at the other word we see mentioned. And uh, it says this, and this they go, they go hand in hand. You can't have one without the other. Amen? Forbearing one another. Now, what allows you the fact when you forbear, you know what you're going to have to come along with forbearing? Forgiveness. Because think about this, folks, all right, okay? When you're putting up with people, okay, if you have to put up with somebody, it probably means that, you know, they're going to do something to irritate you. They're going to do something to maybe, you know, offend you or whatever, okay? Or try to, should I say that, try to offend you. Because if you're a mature Christian, well, you ought to be, nothing ought to offend you. Because here's what the Bible says, perfect peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So if you're the Christian you ought to be, okay, nobody can offend you. You know why? Think about this for a minute, okay? And this is a little bit of a, a rabbit trail, but I'm going to take it for a second, okay? Think about this for a minute, okay? You can't hurt a corpse, right? You ever been to a funeral? 
and uh, a person's in the casket. Of course, we don't do this because we respect someone's body or whatever. But if you wanted to, you could go up to that corpse and you could say the meanest, harshest things to them. But guess what? They're not gonna. They're not gonna flinch. You could go up and poke them in the eye. Not gonna matter to them. You could go up and even punch them in the face. Ain't gonna matter. You know why? Because they're dead. Guess what? We ought to be as Christian uh, uh, when it comes to the flesh. Dead. And you know why nothing will offend a person if they love the law of God? Because guess what? The flesh is dead. Doesn't matter because you can't get my to my flesh because my flesh is dead. Every day it's crucified with Christ. Amen. All right, so uh, for, forgiveness goes hand in hand with forbearing. Let's read the verse again. Forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, well, guess what? There's going to be some quarrels against some, all right? It's just called life. It's called human nature, all right? It's going to happen, all right? It's going to happen in the church. By the way, think about it. A lot of these verses, they're not written to the lost. They're written to the saved, all right? And by the way, I, ha- I hate to say it, but it's true. I've witnessed it. I've seen saved people treat each other worse than lost people treat each other. What is wrong with us as Christians? We're not spirit-filled when we do that. We're totally in the flesh. Amen? And that's not how God wants for us to be. Okay? So it says this, forbearing one another, forgiving one another, if any man have a quarrel against any, and then he's going to give us an example here. Okay? Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Now, I want you to think about this for a minute, okay? When someone does you wrong and your flesh wants to rise up, say what you shouldn't say, do what you shouldn't do, hold a grudge, have bitterness, okay? Just think about what they did to you. Then think about what you've done to Christ. By the way, we could, we could just talk about what our sins did to Him. And by the way, when you go back and read the Gospel account, and I hope you do sometime, I hope you don't just think about it when we have the Lord's Supper. I hope constantly your mind goes back to Calvary. And, and you go back to the garden where he agonized so much and he was under such uh, mental and emotional stress that literally he sweat great droughts of blood. I've never met anyone under that kind of stress before. By the way, it is a real medical condition, they said. And you know what? You know why he did that? Because of our sin. And then he gave his body to be broken for us. As he was buffeted, and that if you looked that up historically, they would take like a, a sack or a blindfold and cover their face, and then they'd go up and just randomly sucker punch them in the face. And they did that to the Savior. And then he had that uh, crown of thorns embedded in his brow, and they took a rod and beat it into his head, and they spit upon him, and they plucked his beard, and they wrecked that cat of nine tails across his body and literally tore the flesh off his body. Our sin, your sin, my sin did that to him. And then he carried that cross and they drove those nails into his hands and feet and his body came out of joint as the cross was dropped in the ground and he's suffocating just to take a breath and he did it for six hours. And somebody smarts off to us for six seconds and, and we're going to leave the church over it. What's wrong with Christians? Now listen, as we've done that to Christ, alright, and you know what? He forgave him. He forgave, forgives us. And that's just Calvary. Let's think about personally in our life, our lifespan that we've lived, because we didn't live back then, we're living now, okay, even though our sin still did it to Him back then. Think about how we've offended Christ now. I mean, come on, folks. I don't know about y'all, but I don't, I don't bat a thousand. There's been a lot of regrets I've had in my life, a lot of mistakes I've made, 
But you know what? Every time I've, I've humbled myself and repented and gone to the throne of grace and asked for forgiveness, you know what I've always gotten? Forgiveness. God's never said, sorry, son, I'm tired of forgiving you. You should have learned your lesson. I've forgiven you too many times. You're a moron. I'm not forgiving you anymore. He, I'm sure he has wanted to say that to me, I'm sure. But you know what? He doesn't. Because the Bible says, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And you know what? I'm not saying we use that as a license to sin. Alright? Uh, what Paul say? That because grace abounds, or that we can sin because grace abounds? God forbid. That's not what, we're not using this as a license to sin, but I'm just saying, you know what? God always forgives us. So all that to say, that's the ultimate example, and if He forgives us that way, what's our excuse? We have none. Amen? We ought to forgive others that way. Let's look at a couple of verses here and we'll wrap this up. Back to Matthew, of course, the Sermon on the Mount. Surprise, surprise, right? As he's teaching disciples, he's going to definitely talk on this subject. Uh, Matthew chapter 6. And and I know, uh, I think uh, when a few weeks ago when Brother Fair was filling in for me, I think he preached on this subject. And so I'm not going to by any means exhaust it. But we're going to touch on it for a few. Hey, if this is what the Holy Spirit has for us tonight, there's a reason for it. Amen? Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. All right, and again, this is part of what's known as the Lord's Prayer. And by the way, let me just say this about the Lord's Prayer, okay? Uh, you know, God, Jesus never taught us that prayer so that it necessarily can be repeated verbatim. Now, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You're not, you're not offending God by doing that, but it's actually a model on how to pray. It's not just let's repeat it over and over. No, it, it's a model on how we ought to, as Christians, pattern our prayer life But part of what we see in that prayer, look what it says in verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. You know what that is? That's us getting forgiveness from God, then in turn extending forgiveness to somebody else. Again, that's part of the pattern of prayer. By the way, again, study prayer. How often as Christians should we pray? Pray without ceasing all the time. Amen? And this is the pattern of our closet prayer life where we spend personal time alone with God every single day. You know what that means? Forgiveness ought to be in our heart every single day. By the way, think about this. You ought to forgive somebody before they even do do anything to you. Have forgiveness right there. Amen? Now again, folks, I'm not saying don't deal with problems, okay? Forgiveness doesn't mean you ignore problems and you don't deal with things. Okay, you know what? Truth be told, folks, listen, uh, uh, problems or when people sin sin or sin against you, there's, there's consequences for that. And I'm not saying ignore consequences. I'm not saying don't deal with things that they need, the way they need to be dealt with. But even in things being dealt with, you can still deal with them with the spirit of forgiveness. Okay? And so uh, uh, we see that in Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Let's look at another passage here. Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Now, he's going to get stronger on this, okay? Because... He, he understands uh, human hearts, and especially his disciples, okay? And he understood what he was dealing with there. And, uh, and, and, and I'm not going to uh, read the whole part here, but let's read a little bit of it, okay? Because 21 through 35 uh, talks about the whole uh, law of forgiveness. But notice what he says. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? I think Peter thought, okay, Lord. Seven times, that's a pretty good amount, right? I mean, you're, you're the God of completion. Should I forgive Him seven times, Lord? I mean, come on. Seven times, you created everything. God, God's a God of order, seven times. Surely that's enough. You think that's enough? Look what Jesus said. 
Jesus said to him, I say not until seven times, but until seventy times seven. You know what that means? Unlimited forgiveness. Okay? He was kind of being a little sarcastic with Peter. All right? He wasn't just saying 490 times. He was saying unlimited forgiveness. And then we know that's true because he then teaches a parable and teaches through about uh, uh, the, the the king and the servants and all that. But let, 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 let's let's skip down until verse thirty five because this is where we're going with this. And I'm going to tell you this gets this gets pretty pretty heavy right here. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if whoa if you know what that is condition. So you want unlimited forgiveness from God, He'll give it to you if. Now, it's not salvation, okay? We're talking about, uh, we're not talking about our eternal sins being forgiven, if you will. We're talking about the forgiveness that we deal with on a daily basis, okay, in our relationships with people, all right? If ye from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespass. Boom, baby. He just dropped the kabama right there. You know what he's saying? Okay. You want God to forgive you? He will if ye, by the way, from your heart. Not this, oh, I forgive you, but I'll never forget it. <laughs> Not forgiveness. Not forgiveness. I'm not talking about some token saying. We're talking about genuine, from your heart, forgiveness. By the way, don't you want God to forgive you that way? I mean, come on, folks. All right, let's be honest. You don't have to raise your hand, all right? I don't want anything, you know, you don't have to vocal, vocalize it. But we've offended God this week. Sure we have. I mean, I, I would love to say that, you know what, my, every single thought through my mind this week was what it should have been. And I tried to, but it wasn't. Let's be honest. Okay, a little transparency here, amen? I mean, come on. I had a situation today, and I'll be honest with you. I didn't say them out loud, but I was saying some cuss words inside. I I didn't vocalize. Amen? I didn't. But in my mind, I had to get forgiveness. I'm like, oh, Lord, I shouldn't have thought that thought. That was very nice. Okay? And it wasn't against a person, per se. It was just a situation I in. It was pretty stressful, and I was dealing with something. And it wasn't a real pleasant situation, but I was dealing with it. You know what? I mean, come on, folks. We've offended God. And you know what? If we've offended Him and we want Him to forgive forgive us, okay? And I I just go, I had to go to the Lord today. Get forgiveness about some stuff. Ask him to forgive me. And you know what? He did. So guess what that means? Okay? I need to extend that to somebody else. Amen? Now come on, folks. This is, this is spiritual Christianity here. This isn't the carnal fluff stuff. This, this is the, where the rubber meets the road. Amen? And we are as Christians to forgive one another. Okay? So here's the thing. When it, it isn't amazing when I always teach or preach on something, it always comes to pass in your life. Because God knows what we need. So when the situation does come up, okay, you know what? Forgive. Okay? you Listen, folks. God has blessed us in this church with the spirit of unity. But you know what? Satan hates it, and he's already got plans to try to bust it up. You know how he busts us up? With Just like we've been talking about tonight. Stupid little things that come up that, truth be told, really aren't a big deal, but we make them a big deal. And all of a sudden, we turn a mountain into a molehill and we get our feelings all hurt. And all of a sudden, we got bitterness. Now we're talking about leaving the church and I can't stand this person. I can't believe their kids did this and blah, 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 blah. Carnality. And that's what Satan uses to divide a church. Okay? Listen, I don't want that to happen here. Amen? And so all that to say, you know what? Just forgive. 
The Bible's got a plan for it. If, if your brother offends you, go to him. Talk to him about it. Work it out. But do so with the spirit of meekness and the spirit of forgiveness. Amen? I guarantee you, every problem, if, you, if you'll go into it spirit-filled, you can work it all out. I guarantee it's the case. Amen? So these are responsibilities toward one another. Out of Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. Let's pray. Lord, we love you tonight.